0: And now, a message from Pastor Josh Carmody. Hey, good morning, everybody. I'm Josh. I'm one of the pastors here at New Covenant, and I want to say happy Easter to you. That's right. Happy Resurrection Sunday to all of you watching at home. I know this looks a little different this year, uh, but we all know that Jesus Christ is alive forevermore, no matter whether we're together or we're separate and far apart. We know that Jesus Christ loves us. He is alive, and uh, he's alive in us today. Uh, Before I get going too far into my message this morning, uh, as my kids have actually been watching online, uh, the church online as well, as we've been doing this for the last few weeks now, and they requested that I give out a few jokes this morning. So I'm going to give you a couple of dad jokes, uh, Easter edition. So uh, here we go. Feel free to laugh uh, hysterically. All right. The first one is, why can't a rabbit's nose be 12 inches long? because then it would be a foot. (laughs) Okay, so what do you call a sleeping egg? Anybody? Exhausted. (laughs) Huh, get it, exhaust, okay, you got it. Why did the Easter egg hide? Because he was a little chicken. And the last one, this one made my wife laugh out loud. It's a pretty good one. What do you call 10 rabbits marching backwards? A receding hairline. There you go. So you know, Proverbs 17:22 tells us that laughter's a medicine that's good for our souls, and uh, so it's okay to laugh. And I give you permission this morning while you sit at home, it's okay to laugh at home while watching an Easter service online. It's totally fine. So enjoy today, enjoy uh, this service, and although it does look different, enjoy it anyway. Um, these last uh, few weeks, we've been talking about last words and we have a lot of things to celebrate today. We have a lot of things to celebrate, just like we have joy and laughter is good, like a medicine. We have things to celebrate today on Easter Sunday. Let me read you a scripture this morning to get us started. Matthew 28, one through eight says this. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women, don't be afraid, he said. I know you are here looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there and remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples, the angels, message. So we see here in these scriptures, we see in Matthew 28, we see the account of what took place on that Sunday morning when Jesus rose again, where he resurrected. And we see that these women went to the tomb. And they were afraid. There was a great earthquake and there was a light shining. All these things happening. And the good news about this is that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. The grave could not hold Jesus. He was dead, but now he's alive. He has the last word over sin and death. Our series, Last Words, ends today. It ends today because Jesus had the last word over sin and death. He died once for all, and that is good news. And so this morning I want to celebrate three things. I have three things I want to talk about, and the first one is this. We want to celebrate the fact that Jesus has the last word over sin and death. We can celebrate that this morning that Jesus has the last word over sin and death. Let me read you a scripture out of a couple different translations this morning. It's found in Romans chapter 6 verse 10. For the death that he died once, that he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Check this out in the Message Bible. It says when Jesus died he took sin down with him but alive he brings God down to us. Man, I like that scripture. I like what it says there that, that, that he died for sin died for us for all humanity's sin once and for all. And I like it in the message bible it says Jesus took down sin. Jesus took down sin. He defeated sin once and for all, forever defeated. He took it down. He broke it down. He said, I will pay the price for the sins of all of humanity. For anybody who has ever lived and ever will live, he paid the price once and for all. He defeated sin. And then I like the second part. It says that he actually brings God down to us. Jesus made it possible For you and I to have a relationship with God, our Father. Our Father who knows what we need before we ask. Our Father who loves us compassionately and unconditionally. That's what Jesus did. He took down sin. He took care of sin. And he brought God down to us so that our relationship with God the Father could forever be restored. That is something celebrate. Look at this scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55 through 57. It says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's good news this morning. That's something to celebrate. That is something to celebrate this morning that he has given us victory over sin and death. Now I know it's a reality that someday all of us will die. We will pass from this earth and we will pass into heaven and we will spend all of eternity worshiping Jesus Christ. We'll spend all of eternity glorifying his name because the Bible tells us that when we are absent from the body, then we are present with the Lord. And here's the good news. And this is why sin and death no longer has any power over us. Here's the good news. The good news is this, is that we won't be separated from each other for all of eternity. We'll be connected to God the Father. We'll worship Jesus. And we'll all be together singing praises to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And better yet, we won't have to be six feet apart. We'll be together rejoicing, celebrating. Hugs and high fives, I don't know, but we'll be together And so victory over sin and death is just that. Not only on this earth, but for the time to come in the future, we have this thing that we know that we can trust in, that Jesus Christ loves us. He's prepared a place for us. And so there is no more sting for death. There is no more more hurt because we know that Jesus Christ has overcome death once and for all. Check out this scripture in Revelation 1, 17. It says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. That is good news this morning. That is something to celebrate. Jesus is alive forever. He's alive. He holds the keys. What do keys do? Keys unlock and lock. He has the ultimate power and authority over sin and death. We celebrate today that Jesus has the last word over sin and death when he left that tomb. And today we celebrate an empty tomb. Today we celebrate an empty tomb. You might think to yourself, Josh, that seems like a weird thing to, to celebrate. Like you want us to celebrate an empty tomb. Uh, yeah, I think, I think so. Why? Because it means that the one who was buried there came to life. That's something to celebrate. The fact that the tomb is empty means that Jesus Christ is alive forevermore. My encouragement for us today is to embrace the empty. My encouragement for us today is to embrace the empty. You know, Jesus died and his followers were scattered, afraid and in shock. Their life had changed for those few hours, for those few days from Friday till Sunday. Life looked a lot different for them. Their friend, their loved one, was put into a tomb, had died, was beaten, humiliated, was buried, put away, a stone rolled over it, over that tomb. This was a hard time for them. There was probably emptiness. What do I do now? What's the future look like for me? This emptiness was probably frightening. During this time that you and I face of global uncertainty, our lives have also changed. I'm standing in an empty room talking to a camera. That's different. Our times have changed. Our world has changed. Normally, there's a whole bunch of rambunctious Jesus followers hanging out, lifting their hands and clapping and shouting amen. I can almost hear you standing right here. And I got to be honest, I miss you. I miss your rambunctiousness. I don't miss the chatter at the end of worship. I don't miss it when you get up and leave while I talk. I don't miss those things. (laughs) But I do miss you. I miss your rambunctiousness. I I miss your love that you have for Jesus and your desire to celebrate and lift his name up high. I miss you. Our world looks different. Weddings are being postponed and, and some even canceled. I Not going to read into that, but it happens. Graduation ceremonies are being done online, if at all. Graduation parties are happening or, or not. Schools have been closed. Churches aren't able to function like we always have. People are out of work, some are very desperate. These are some different times. There's a feeling of emptiness. Maybe you haven't felt it. Maybe you have, but there's a feeling of emptiness. Maybe you feel like work is empty or school, trying to do things online. It just feels empty. Maybe you feel empty like spiritually or emotionally, even physically, like to just go out and want to do something. And you're like, maybe I just don't feel it. Like I just feel Empty. I mean, I think there's a lot of people right now. I've struggled with these feelings of emptiness. There's, even your purpose. There's just this emptiness. And you're saying, well, Josh, you want me to embrace that? You said, embrace the empty. Here's the thing things don't always work out like we think they should. Things don't always work out like we think they should. I got to be honest with you. This last week, I know you guys are enjoying, you know, you can see me, you can see our worship team. We're able to provide this online service for you. I want you to know that that Tuesday of this past week, I single-handedly broke our entire system. I broke it. I did. I thought, okay, I thought I was helping, right? I thought I was doing something good. There was a computer, one of our two computers needed to be updated. It was like, okay, everything is good for this update. We shouldn't have any problems. It's going to be a real quick 20 or 30-minute thing. Bada-bing, bada-boom, done. Go home, go hang out with my family. It's 70 degrees outside. Why not? Rebooted the computer after it had, had updated. Went to what we do to make all of this work, and it would not work. I mean, it wouldn't work at all and I didn't set this whole thing up but I was I'm fairly knowledgeable on how it works but I had no idea how to make it work again I got on the phone I was texting people I was calling people got to the point where they were like hey Josh you're gonna have to get a hold of tech support now that's like that's basically this is what it is you're on your own I mean, that's what was said. Basically, you're on your own. That's like the worst feeling because I know this is, we got good Friday service and we got Easter service. We got all these things happening this week. It's only Tuesday. It's like, what? Oh man, I've messed up. I mean, I single-handedly broke this system. And so I tried to fix it for an hour, two hours, three hours. Finally narrowed it down to one thing. We have a piece of software that has a piece of software inside of it that wasn't working. But I couldn't fix it. And I can't even get into it. It's just a long thing. I couldn't fix it. So I had to get a hold of tech support through email. But I put this word in front of my subject, URGENT, all caps, URGENT. And I figured, okay, they'll get back to me (laughs) tomorrow afternoon, right? Well, I was leaving the church, I stopped to put gas in my car because the gas is really cheap and I need some gas, so I'm like, whatever, I'll do that. I checked my email, and sure enough, tech support got back to me. And they said, hey, Josh, we took care of the thing that you asked us to do, everything should be fine now. So I came back to the church, I opened the program, I found the little piece of software inside the program, I activated it, and it still didn't work. (laughs) I can't make this stuff up. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, well, maybe there's a setting. And so sure enough, there were two settings. So we're talking about a program and then a program inside of a program and then settings. This is like a little hundred dollar program. These are two settings that's keeping all of this from working. I changed the two settings. I saved it. I restarted the program. Back in business. <laughs> it all worked. That was so thankful that it all came back. And Anna was here helping. I think so I didn't like throw anything. She was just kind of here making sure I kept it together. But we got it fixed and it's back. But here's the thing. Things don't always work out like you want them to. I wanted to just update the computer, take a half an hour and that would be the end of it. Four hours later on a beautiful 75 degree day, I'm inside fixing this problem. (laughs) And I thank God that we got it done. Otherwise, this might not have happened today. But here's the thing. Things don't always work out like we think they should. The disciples, they expected Jesus to rise to power, not die a criminal's death. Their expectation was that Jesus was going to conquer and triumph, not die next to a couple of criminals. But they had not realized that his death brought power. That his death brought power over sin and death. Jesus accomplished everything that God had set out for him to do. Even the empty tomb was frightening. The women left frightened but full of joy. What a weird thing to be frightened and joyful all at the same time. What a weird thing. But an empty tomb meant a risen Savior. Here's the thing. Everything worked out in the end, but it wasn't the way anyone had expected it. Everything worked out in the end, but it wasn't what anyone expected. It all worked out. God knew what he was doing. And for you and I, things don't always work out like we think they should. If you're anything like me, you've been joyful and frightened at the same time. You're in a good mood one second, and then the next minute, maybe afraid or fearful or nervous or mad. I mean, when I got that computer working again, I was overjoyed and really mad at the same time. I mean, I was frustrated, but I was also feeling good. It was like a weight off of my shoulders, but I was still just really annoyed. I mean, that's kind of, they left frightened but overjoyed. And I think sometimes we have those emotions in this time that we're living in that that we are overjoyed and then we're maybe frightened or nervous or anxious. So I encourage you to embrace the empty. Embrace what God is doing in you during this time. Maybe He's stripping away fear and worry. Maybe He's building up your trust in Him. Look at Romans 8, 28. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Look at Isaiah 55. God says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Here's the thing. We can trust God. We can trust in God through all of this. After all, he cares for us. God cares for us. He knows us. He sees what's going on in our lives and in this world right now. We can place our trust in. In him. He cares about us, and the final thing that we can celebrate, he we celebrate the fact that he's given us a new life. You and I, we can celebrate a new life in Jesus. That's good news. This is all good news. This is the third thing that we can celebrate, and there's more, but I wanted to keep it to three this morning. We celebrate a new life in Jesus. Look at the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter five. It says, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone, so you say that at home, anyone. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. The scripture tells us that we have become new people. Our old life is gone. It's like hitting a reset button. It's a clean slate. We find freedom in Christ. The old things have passed away and all things have become new. That's good news. That is something to celebrate. We've been given a new lease on life. All of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, who believe in what he's done and who he is and confess with our mouths. Man, you and I, we are created anew. We're given a new purpose. We're given a new life. And the old things have passed away. We die to our old way of living. Look at Romans chapter eight. I encourage you, this week to read Romans chapter eight. It is a great chapter. Check out Romans 8.1. It says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Now I want you to know, I don't know how you used to live your life. I don't know what your old life looked like, but Jesus has given you a new life. There's now, therefore, no more condemnation condemnation. No more guilt. No more judgment. No more shame. No more pointing the finger at all the wrong things you've done. That's gone. I got news for you today. And I think it's going to put a smile on your face. Jesus forgives you. Forgive yourself. Jesus forgives you. There is no condemnation. There is no guilt. There is no shame. You've been given a new life. You've been given a new life in Christ. He forgives you of all the old things and he has made you new. He's hit reset. He said, clean slate. I'm going to wipe all of that stuff. I'm going to throw it into the sea of forgetfulness. I'm going to separate it from you as far as the east is from the west. I'm going to remove that from your life. He calls us his love. He loves us. He cares about us. He loves you and me. He's forgiven you and me. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. And then in Romans chapter 8, verse 12, it says, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Therefore, brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Here's the thing, you can do what your old man wants you to do. You can do what your flesh wants you to do, but you're under no obligation to do it. The choice is yours. The choice Is yours. You have a choice this morning. Jesus has forgiven you. He's removed that old life from you. You are under no obligation to go back to those ways at all. In fact, you've been given a new life. I would encourage all of us to walk in it. Just as Jesus Christ died and was buried and then he rose again into new life, I would encourage all of us that our old man would die on that cross would be buried and put away and that we would come out a new creation in Jesus. We are under no obligation. We're under no obligation to give in to that temptation. We're under no obligation to give in to those things that we sometimes desire that the devil tries to tempt us with. We can say no to that. I am a new creation in Christ. I'm not doing those things anymore. I've got a new lease on life. That old man, he is dead and gone. He is buried and I am not resurrecting him this morning. I have a new life in Christ. In Romans 8, 10 through 11, this is the last, no, it's not the last verse. I thought it was, it's not. It says this, and Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, The Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. Man, that's good news. That is something to celebrate this morning. The Holy Spirit is in us and is working through us. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. And I like this. will give life to our bodies, our physical bodies. It says our mortal bodies. These are the bodies that we have that are mortal. We will die someday. And this body will be put in the ground. And this scripture is saying that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us and gives us life. So I got news for us this morning and it's something to celebrate. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be anxious. You don't have to be confused or scared or any of that. There is a spirit in you, the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. He can conquer that fear. He can conquer that worry and that anxiousness. He can conquer the confusion and the emptiness and the scared, all of those things. He can overcome those things in our lives. I mean, come on. He raised Jesus from the dead. There's nothing that we go through that he can't handle. And the Bible's promise that he'll never leave us or forsake us. So when we go through these things, God is right there with us. You've been given a new life in Christ. And his spirit in you is working that out in you. Some things might change instantly. When you give your life over to Jesus, the old life is gone. New life has begun. Some things change instantly. And some things, it, it seems like you're farther away than ever. But it's not true. He's still working on us. Some things are gone in an instant. Some of those sins are gone in an instant. And some of those things, some of those character defects, we have to keep working on. And better yet, God continues to work in us and on us. Look at Philippians 1.6. It says, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So, see, he's doing a good work in you. Don't beat yourself up. Forgive yourself. You make a mistake, repent, ask for forgiveness, and move on. He's still working on you. None of us are perfect. We'll be perfect the day we die when we see Jesus again. Until then, we're a work in progress. Do you want a new life today? It's Easter morning, it's Resurrection Sunday. Jesus Christ died so that you can have a new life. For more information on New Covenant, contact us at 3318 5th Avenue South, Fort Dodge, Iowa, 50501. Or you can call us at 515-955-6222.